Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is time once again for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. Uh, before we get into our topic slate, I just have a quick question. Are you flicking us off in that video? I, dude, I've wondered that okay, every I, I, I have, too, and I keep forgetting about it. And then finally I saw this, and I was like, I can't tell if he's, like, pointing at us or if he's uh, flicking like, us off. I went like this. I, I saw this, but I couldn't tell if it was. No. I, kinda yeah. I, I, just, I just had to check. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we, we have a great show for you guys this week. Uh, we just wrapped up Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Uh, a lot of interesting things to discuss there and talk about the divisional round coming up. We're going to talk a little bit of NASCAR today as well. Uh, and, of course, just overall sports in general. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. We're going to start with NASCAR. It was announced last week uh, that this will be Kevin Harvick's final season, uh, at least full-time. He, he hasn't ruled out the possibility you know, coming back. Definitely doing truck races and probably some Xfinity races here and there. But he will step away from full-time racing in the Cup Series. Uh, and so I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that and what we also think is the future of storehouse racing. Obviously, he's been the staple there for many years. Uh, he, he has really helped grow that that whole organization. You know, when, once Tony Stewart retired and stepped away, he picked up that, that mantle, continued to develop them and, and get them to a place where they were winning, uh, you know, 10 races plus every year. Uh, obviously, they did down here last year. <clears throat> we'll talk about that as well. Um, but with him retiring, also, I... I not clear if Alvarola is going to retire after this year or not. He was supposed to retire last year. Tony kind of begged him to stay for one more year, at least, uh, you know, until they could develop some of the younger drivers a little bit more. Uh, but they may be missing two spots next year. Uh, and we're, we're going to discuss what we think is going to happen there. Uh, Slade, you're a little bit more in touch with the NASCAR scene, so I want to get your thoughts on it first. Yeah, so I think it's it's pretty interesting to see that Harvick's stepping away. I mean, this came, I think, a day after it was announced that him, Jr., and two other people, I forget who they were, that bought uh, one of the lower-level NASCAR leagues, uh, race leagues. Um, I forget what it's called, but they go to all the short tracks, basically. Um, it was announced that he was one of the part owners of this and that this group was going to take over that, and then the next day it was announced that he was retiring. Um I honestly have had weird suspicions with Stuart Haas Racing ever since the whole Cole Custard incident. Um, ever since they had mentioned that because Haas was sponsoring the car, he had say on who was driving the car. Obviously, you would think that that's the case. But when you have two owners that are against each other, like they're the two sole owners of this team, and they're against each other and who's supposed to be driving this spot. I mean, it just it definitely seems like there could be some more chaos than what's being told to us behind the scenes um we've seen that Stewart. i mean i i only saw him at one track this season and the tr in the races that i got to watch um the season before i mean it seemed like he was at every track he also has got into a lot more of racing on his own in different series and stuff so that may be the reason but um i, I don't know i mean almirola like you said Stewart had to to beg him to come back smithfield also was a big contributor there because it didn't seem like they were willing to sponsor anyone else for the car yeah, yep. they were still signed on for another year. Um, so I, I don't know where they're going to go. I mean, with everyone wanting to buy a team and stuff right now, I mean, they could realistically just turn the team over to someone else from for a huge profit. I mean, yeah. they could sell each individual charter out, and 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 that doesn't seem all that crazy to me. In in just the thought of where they, these two have shown that there's disagreement when it comes to who needs to be in the car. Yeah, uh, I don't think as far as you know. The disagreement over Custer, like, yeah, that, that's kind of a big thing. But at the same time, uh, I, I think that's a microcosm of, of, you know, like you said, Sort wasn't a lot of races last year. Yeah, he was doing the NHRA kind of deal. He's also doing the the, uh, the all-star sprint car circuit. Uh, so, yeah, he has a packed schedule. But, you know, especially there towards the end of the year, we saw him and NASCAR disagreeing a lot. He was being very vocal about his, you know, uh, disdain for how NASCAR was treating a lot of you know, the rule changes uh, and how they treated Cole Custer, especially after the, the Robo incident. Um, listen, I, I fully support sending Cole Custer back down. You could tell when he came up his rookie year, yeah, he had a lot of confidence. Uh, he, he got himself in the victory lane in Kentucky. Uh, and, and I don't know if it was the new car or, or what was going on, but you could tell he just wasn't all there last year. Was it a sophomore slump, you know, and, and so on. Um, but I, I think going back down to Xfinity, uh, having a teammate like Riley Herbst, who he, he can easily outperform, but, you know, we saw how good he was in Xfinity before he got his call-up. Uh, you know, it could do good for his confidence, and and so I, I see the reasoning behind that, and I kind of understand that. And it, it's been rumored a long time. I feel like Stuart Haas as a whole knew Harvick was more than likely stepping away. 
he had said in multiple interviews before even last season uh, that, you know, his deal was up this season. Uh, the new TV contract will come out next year as well. Uh, so he just kind of wanted to see in, in where, where everything was going to shake out and so on. Uh, he's going to have a successful career in broadcasting. I think that's a given. But, um, I mean, as a Harvick fan, I, I'm going to be sad to see him step away. Somebody that's been in the sport since 2001, he's going to be the last uh, Winston Cup driver uh, or, or person that competed full-time in the Winston Cup uh, to retire. So it's it kind of, you know, a, another changing of the guard here in NASCAR as well. Um, but as far as storehouse racing goes, I, obviously they're probably going to call Custer back up next season. Uh, but for that second spot it is where I do have a lot of question marks. Like you said, they can definitely sell that charter off. Uh, Gene Haas is way more focused on F1 than he is on NASCAR, I feel like. Uh, again, we've seen Tony Stewart growing more and more impatient with NASCAR, and he's doing all these other projects. You know, He has the SRX series, he has the All-Star Circuit Champions, and he's doing his NRHA, NHRA ventures as well. Um, so, I mean, his, his plate's full enough that he can easily walk away, You know, still be busy, not have to really deal with the boredom of retirement. And so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that maybe they sell the charter. It's just a three, you know, three car team going forward. Bradley Herbst is not a, a good option in my mind to take over a cup ride. He can barely fill the shoes of the, the Xfinity ride right now. I don't know enough about the free agency market next year for NASCAR uh, going forward to say, Oh, you know, hey, here's somebody who can slide into that spot. I think they were kind of hoping Kyle Busch would come to them. But obviously that deal just didn't fully come together. Um, Clayton and I have talked a lot about this, though, Nick, and I know you don't watch NASCAR a whole lot, but just any thoughts you have on the, on the situation? Yeah, so uh, I might surprise you here. I, I, I did a little research to figure out exactly what I was talking about. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, first thing, I think that uh, whether you're a Harvick fan or whether you're just a regular NASCAR fan, I think that this announcement is bittersweet to some sense. Uh, Kevin Harvick has brought a lot um, to the sport of NASCAR, has put together a very good racing career, uh, for the most part, I'd say he's pretty well loved. Um, I, I've never personally met anybody that has uttered the words "fuck Kevin Harvick" when you mention him. Not saying they're not out there. I just personally haven't met them. Um, I, I'm sure there's some, but uh, nonetheless, well, well, one of them is on the screen right now. Oh, that's right. Slate doesn't. I should have known better. I should have known. Um, it, it just so happens, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah. Um, and since switching to Stuart Haas, he's been one of their, their most consistent uh, and best driver. His 37 wins since joining the team is the most among any drivers during that stretch, and his 60 career wins are tied for ninth all-time with Kyle Busch. Um, with that being said, it's going to leave a gaping hole in Stuart Haas racing, uh, especially if Amarillo doesn't – you know who I'm talking about. I can't spit it out right now. But Eric. Eric. Yeah, Eric. Especially if, especially if Eric leaves, um, you know, that's going to be two holes, 50% uh, of uh, – <laughs> I lost my train of thought as soon as I said tools. So basically 50% of that team is, um, you know, going to be missing and that's the better 50%. Um, as far as the team goes, if I'm in that position, uh, like you said, with, with Stewart, not, you know, starting to really disagree with NASCAR and how things are going. Um, I, I could very well see a poss the possibility of them just selling it or, you know, maybe making it smaller, a little more manageable. I don't think either, uh, side of that team really needs the team, um, you know, but they enjoy racing. That's why they're here. But yeah, I, I think that it's very well within the realm of possibility that uh, Stuart Haas Racing could be no more after next year or this year, whatever. Yeah, uh, absolutely something that we're, we're going to keep our eye on throughout the season to see how everything in, the, in that whole situation develops. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see, we've, we've seen Kevin Harvick have a, a great deal uh, and, and been very public with his son Keelan and, and his development as, as a young driver. Uh, you know, Keelan's been competing in Europe and, and all these other things. It's been really cool to see, you know, Kevin kind of, you know, I have a hand in that and also getting to watch Keelan develop. Uh, he said before he would like to, you know, get the chance to race against him. Obviously he's going to be a little bit old uh, and, and you know, he's not going to be full time in, in any series, but uh, you know, are we looking kind of at a possibility of like KHI returning? Uh, you know, in, in the truck series, at least, you know, kind of giving Keelan when he gets to that, that, that point in that age, a stepping stone to get into NASCAR to, to go compete. If that's what he wants, if that's what he wants to do, um, you know, with the way he's competing now with the go-kart circuit and all the other things, 
maybe he sees IndyCar as a better fit for him in his future. Or he sees F1, you know, if he's good enough uh, as a future possibility. So uh, even though Kevin Harvick's stepping away from full-time racing, there, there's still a lot to keep our eye on with him and his son's development. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Uh, we had Wild Card Weekend this past weekend in the NFL. Uh, really great games from Saturday to Monday. Uh, I'll just say this one last time before we get into it. You should not be playing NFL games on Monday in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's pretty dumb, but hey, that's just me, apparently. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and start on Saturday. We had the Seahawks and the 49ers. It was close right up until the middle of the third, fourth quarter. Uh, that fumble from Geno Smith really just derailed the rest of the game for the Seahawks. Uh, Chargers get, or excuse me, the 49ers get a huge win at home to advance to the divisional round. And then we had the comeback of the year so far uh, out. Pacing, I would say the Indianapolis Colts collapse uh, from a few weeks ago. Just because if it, it would have been a better team than the Colts, like I would have given it some more credit. But. Yeah. No. Um. But yeah, it, I mean, at the end of the day, blowing a twenty-seven point lead uh, and you know falling on the road in the playoffs uh, to the Jaguars. Uh, I mean, huge win for the Jaguars, though they obviously earned it. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. We'll give you a little bit more time to talk on this one since you know a little bit more. Uh, but just yeah. your thoughts on the Saturday games alone. Uh, Saturday games, first of all, uh, I talked about it last week when we were making predictions. I, A part of me wanted to see Herbert get his first playoff win. He obviously didn't get it. Um, you know, you play a second half like that, I don't. you don't deserve to get your first playoff win. Um, not that he necessarily was terrible, but just as, as a whole, as a team, uh, definitely let themselves down. Uh, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, you know, finally, you know, kind of getting to where they want him to be as the first overall pick. Um, you know, he's just watching the way that he commands the team and, you know, everybody really puts their full trust in him. Um, it's pretty amazing to watch from a second year player, especially when you look at the beginning of the year and, you know, how inconsistent he had looked at times, how poor the, the Jaguars had looked at times. Um, and then in the early slot, I mean, Seattle was not going away. Uh, Geno Smith, I, every time I see him play good, I think about uh, that interview from earlier in the season where he said they wrote him off, he ain't right back. Uh, and and really, like, I expected the 49ers to jump out uh, to a very big lead early on and just keep the throttle down. And Geno and the Seahawks did not back down. Um, you know, he continued to not write back and just uh, put on a great show. I mean, you know, uh, the um, the result wasn't what he and the team was hoping for. Uh, when I look at Pete Carroll, you know, there's some questions about how much longer his career will go on. Uh, but definitely a great effort from the Seahawks. It was great to see and a great way to start out uh, our playoff weekend. Uh, Slade, your thoughts on the Saturday games? Uh, so the 49ers, I mean, they did what they needed to do. Obviously, it was closer in the first half than what anyone expected. But the end game score was still kind of what we expected. Um as far as the Jaguars Chargers, I mean, the Chargers are just that bad, it seems. Um, I had said that they had kind of been a silent team the last five, six weeks that you hadn't really heard much about them in terms of like firepower or they're turning on at the right time. Um, and then, I mean, it looked as if all things were pointing their way. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half before he had even gotten to the end zone. Um, I think it was like with a, a few minutes left in the, the first half, he finally got his first touchdown pass. That was to put them down by, uh, I don't know what, 18. It was like 24 to seven or something like somewhere around there. Uh, that would be not 18, but, um, but yeah, it was just ridiculous. That's about what time I went to bed. And then I woke up to the 31 30 uh, and just, just ridiculous. I mean, George and I had bets for 28, 27, both ways. We knew, or we had both hoped that it was a one-point game. It ended up being a one-point game. Just we didn't get our, our bets to hit. She just threw uh, fifty bucks on Jacksonville uh, to cover the or plus one and a half. Right? Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention real quick: uh, Trevor Lawrence going to the Waffle House after the win, uh, and there was nobody there. So Jacksonville's yeah. Waffle House must not be like the rest of the country. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll talk about these two games real quick. First, with, with the 49ers Seahawks game. Again, Nick, like you said, everybody thought it was going to be a blowout from start to finish. Uh, it looked like it was heading that way. It was 17 nothing early. And then all of a sudden, here comes Seattle storming back. They tie it up. They actually took the lead going into halftime because thanks to a, a, a dumb penalty on, on San Francisco's behalf. Um, but still, a, a great fight to Seattle uh, see 
out of the Seahawks. Uh, no matter if I you say Seattle or, or Sea, yeah, it don't help. Now, um, but uh, nonetheless, I, looking back, if you look at the beginning of the season, nobody had the Seahawks making it here, uh, especially after the Russell Wilson trade. Everybody thought that the you know the Broncos were going to be the best team in the AFC West. The Seahawks were going to be fighting for the first overall pick, and here they are in the playoffs, and, and you know they they took the, the number two seed to the end. Um, as far as the Chargers and the, and the Jaguars game goes, yeah, Herbert did not play the greatest second half. I mean, I would argue he didn't play that good of a first half. But at the end of the day, I'm not putting the full loss on him. Just like I'm not going to put the full loss on Brady or Kirk Cousins. He had zero line help. Again, we've seen it in multiple games this this you know this past weekend. Quarterbacks just running for their lives. They also had no run support there. There was no play action pass then to go off of. Uh, yeah, again, he was missing throws. He he did not look the greatest, but at the end of the day, he had zero help from his team. Obviously, his defense was just completely falling apart in the second half. Um, I I understand the controversy with Joey Bosa. Uh, yeah, Joey Bosa. Um, you, you still can't act like that. And, I mean, should he have been flagged for that? Yeah, you could argue that. I would say no. The way that the ref kind of went up to him and then and continued to confront him and then threw the flag, I would say it's a bit much and a little bit undeserved. Um, but still, you you have to understand at that point in that situation, you can't get to the sideline first and then, you know, throw your little temper tantrum, which, again, was rightfully deserved. But you can't just start throwing your helmet and stuff while you're still in the field. Um, I, again, I, I see both sides of it. I, I kind of take Joey's side, but you, you still need to understand the situation. Walk five more feet and then you're on the sideline and you can yeah. kind of do whatever you want then. Um, yeah, they had 67 rushing yards at, at, you know, total for a team that's not going to get it done in the playoffs in in any aspect. Uh, and and Jacksonville, the way they kind of just rallied around each other in the second half, uh, Doug Peterson, again, I don't think gets enough credit as a head coach. Um, he got ran out of Philly for one bad season after taking them to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not saying he's, you know, the the second coming of Jesus, but he, he deserves a lot more respect than he gets in, in a lot of circles. Uh, so I was happy to see him get a win. Uh, then you move on to the Sunday and Monday games. Uh, Buffalo squeaks out a close one, a, a game all three of us thought was going to be a blowout, ends up being a three-point game. The Giants upset the Vikings. Uh, again, I'm not putting that on Kirk Cousins, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Cincinnati holds off Baltimore thanks to a late fumble, and then Dallas destroys Tampa Bay. Uh, say, well, good, you first this time. Your thoughts on, on the Sunday and Monday games? So the Bills-Dolphins game was just crazy. I mean, the Bills – played, I think, their worst offensive game of the season. I mean, you saw uh, what's the Josh Allen. I mean, he was fumbling for the ball in some play. I mean, they were just in his face every play. Um, as far as the Dolphins, I mean, I, I kind of wish that they would have been able to get the win. I think that the state of Florida would have unbanned Jules and they would have labeled it a performance-enhancing drug because uh, I, I don't know how – he got caught with that on the sidelines. I mean, I don't know if that's actually, I mean, it seems like it is because he hasn't denied it or anything yet, but the, the game was, it was a really great game to watch in terms of uh, just the play going back and forth. I mean, obviously it didn't seem like it was going to at first, but then the Dolphins kind of rallied. Um, but yeah, I, I think that in terms of Sunday, Monday, I mean, the Giants game, uh, we looked back at, I think we had talked about it last week that, a six seed has won every year or something like that. And it was between the Giants and the Ravens. <laughs> you would say definitely not the Ravens or, yeah. or maybe that was Nick. Uh, but so the Giants took care of that to keep the six seed uh, theory going. Um, the Bengals, I thought that that game was a lot closer than what it could have been. I thought that the Bengals got their win last week against them. And then Lamar again, didn't start, which I mean, I think is good for Lamar. I mean, he has the chance to to sign generational difference in money for his him and his family. I mean, he could sign a two hundred million dollar deal this off season. And and Robert Griffin had come out and said about how like he's the exact reason why you don't just go out there and play. Um, but yeah, I, I think the worst game that we saw was the Cowboys Bucks, and it was mainly because we all had money on it in some aspect. Um, we were kind of all on the same on the same plan. It wasn't like any of us needed the other person to lose for us yeah. all to hit. Like there was a chance for us all to hit, but um, it was just rough to watch the Bucks. I mean, the, the first time they get near the red zone, Brady throws a, a ridiculous pick. I mean, it His wasn't first close. pick in like five years. Yeah, longer um, than that. In the, in the red zone. In the red zone. 
for four I mean, years. He is seven and zero against the Cowboys going into this. I mean, Stephen A. Smith told Dak Prescott's dad he was going to throw two interceptions in the game. It was just ridiculous leading up to the game. It just all signs pointed towards the Bucks, and I mean, the Cowboys have obviously had the better season. It's just everyone was on the Bucks side in terms yeah. of of who was going to win, and then. I mean, the Cowboys go out. I think they said that this is the second most points they've scored in a postseason game ever. And, I mean, in terms of their their team and how many years they were able to make to the Super Bowl and just, I mean, obviously they haven't been that great in, in recency. But, uh, but yeah, I think that 31 points scored, is that's crazy that that ties second most scored yeah. points in a playoff game for them. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty crazy that it took to Monday for us to see a bad game. Yeah. Um, but I, before we go to Nick, I just I, I I I might be wrong on this, but I believe that's the first time that we've seen the Cowboys win a road playoff game. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think we were born the last time it happened. Um, yeah. But uh, Nick, Nick, your thoughts on all the games? Um. So yeah. Uh. First of all, I, sorry, I got a backpack here. I'm focused on Monday now. Um. So yeah, Bills Dolphins game, great game to watch. Definitely a whole lot better than uh, any of us could have predicted. Um. Obviously. Like Slade said, probably the worst offensive outing uh, for Buffalo all season. Josh Allen, especially in that first half, keeping it close uh, with some of his um, turnovers. You know, this Bills team is a team that we thought we could see in the Super Bowl the last two years. And I can tell you we're not going to see him in the Super Bowl again if Josh Allen plays like that again. If he has one more game like that this offseason, they're not going. I mean, he has the Bengals. And then if they make it, the Chiefs. You cannot have, you know, you cannot be playing like that against um Joey Burrow and uh, Patrick Mahomes um, and uh, Dolphins quarterback. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. I had it before I went to say it. Um, oh God, number 19. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, you know, he, he played well in a position where I think that the only people who might've had high expectations were him uh, were McDaniels and the rest of the team. Um, but he really went out there, balled out, uh, gave Josh Allen, you know, a scare, and uh, as much as I've been rooting for the Bills the last couple of years and I have them in the Super Bowl this year, um, I can't lie. It would have been great to see that upset happen um, just because of the, you know, the pure emotion and just the shock of it. Uh, but again, great game. Um, oh, Vikings, uh, Giants. Um, you know, I, I thought that Kirk Cousins was going to struggle more um, throughout the game. Everybody knows he prefers his 1 p.m. slot. Uh, and you know, the giants have sounds like a fucking nap time, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the giants have played well all season. I think they might've played their best game of the season, um, you know, this weekend. And obviously it was enough to get them onto the next round. It's great to see that, uh, Dabble's doing great things over there. The team is, you know, healthy for the most part uh, and really playing at least what I would expect would be, you know, how they want to be playing. Um, so again, good to see that, um, Last game Sunday night. I'm drawing a blank here. Bengals Ravens. We just yeah, Bengals Ravens. Stuff. Um, again, like you said, that was a lot closer than what we thought it was going to be. Uh, the Ravens defense, you know, really stepped up and and did their best. Um, I'm very torn on Huntley. We've seen him play some absolutely outstanding games, and then we've seen him uh, play some crappy games. And from what I watched, uh, I I don't think that the Ravens deserved to be as close in that game, but they were. Uh, which, you know, just goes to show everybody else that's around there. Um, you know, the whole Lamar Jackson thing. Yeah. As someone who watched RG3 play through that injury uh, for my team, like I, it, it's good that he sat out, especially because in my opinion, even if they happen to squeak that game out again, you know, they have bills and chiefs. It's not looking good. Sit that game out, get your big contract. Um, I, I personally think he's more than likely getting franchise tag, but that's just me. It is what it is. Um, and then uh, Monday night, I would like to start this off for any Cowboys fans who might be listening, who might have heard me last week. I was wrong. I apologize. Uh, but good luck next week. That's all I got to say about Dallas. Um, I don't think they're doing the same thing against 49ers. You got lucky and happened to play the worst team on the NFC side this week. Uh, so, you know, good luck next week. I'll, I'll see you on the couch after that. Um, and, and Tampa Bay, I mean, we talked about it a couple times throughout the season, just not when you talk about Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, just not the offensive production throughout the whole season, but especially last night or on Monday, depending on when these people are look or listening to this, um, that, that you would expect from a team with those kind of names on it. Now I know 
that O-line is absolutely terrible. And against a pass rush like the Cowboys, uh, uh, even Tom Brady obviously can't do a whole lot. But when you look at when Tom Brady did have a little time to throw and tried to make throws, uh, he looked more like Zach Wilson out there. Um, the actual Zach Wilson on the field, not the Zach Wilson that I hyped up early in the season. Uh, so it definitely absolutely terrible to watch. I wanted to turn it off, but I had hopes that maybe Brady would have one more left in him against the Cowboys, uh, but he just did not. Yeah. Uh, do you do you guys uh, did you guys hear the J.K. Dobbins interview? Yes. Yeah, I was I was just getting ready to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Um. Well, I'll I'll, I'll back up. I'll start. I'll go from Monday night backwards just because we just talked about the Cowboys. Uh, this is a Tampa Bay team that we've seen throughout the year. Um. I, I think. We just all believe that the the, play, the playoff Brady magic is still alive. Um, it's very clear it's not. And again, I'm not putting that loss last night completely on him. Yeah, he made a lot of really bad throws at times. That red zone interception was one of them. Um, but we also had Mike Evans dropping a wide open pass that could have been a touchdown. He also had zero time. I mean, credit to the, the Dallas defensive line for getting pressure nonstop. They, they could not come up with anything to slow him down. Uh, I watched the Manning cast last night, and they were just sat there and talked about how they refused to do anything with Micah Parsons. They just kept believing that, that they were going to win one-on-one in that situation, yeah. and he was getting home every play. Um, that should have been Leonard Fournette's one job. Every yeah. time they stepped down off for offense, he should have yeah. just been there trying to find uh, number 11. Yeah, well, because he didn't do anything else the rest of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speak, well. speaking of Fournette, yeah, he, he couldn't play anything like else. 50 yards. <laughs> I, I don't think he had that many. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, it's 100% on Tampa Bay. Uh Team should have been closer if they would have made one more extra point. Uh, I hit my over bet, but hey, it is what it is. But you know, it's I'm surprised we made it this long without mentioning the, the extra point. Yeah, uh, I, I that was because the fact that they still won and they won by so much. It's just like, yeah, eh. now I have never seen anything like that. Yeah, I, like, I, about either. anything. Dak is two faced also with that situation. Uh, I agree. Um, but at the end of the, at the same time, he has also done a lot of really good things for that team this year. Yeah. You know, he, he struggled with his extra points last night. But, you know, I believe he has the most consecutive makes of 60 yards or more in the NFL right now. Um, it, it happens. I mean, we, we see kickers do it all the time. It's not often we see him do it four times in a row. From, um, like, but 27 hey, he, yards. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he, he got it back on track at the end of the night. He made one. Uh, and, and so, at the end of the day, I, I think they'll be fine with the kicker moving forward. Now, if he misses the first one next week, I, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of a, a you lot have, of head scratching. Going you're going to yeah, see Zeke week, out there trying to kick yeah, the ball. I was going to say, this is the week where you have open tryouts in practice just in case. Like, Because I have a feeling that at the very least, like C.D. Lamb could put a couple through. He's a very talented athletic guy. He could probably kick some extra points. So what is it, like 25 yards or something like that? Easy. Um, <laughs> if not, uh, call me. I can hit 25-yard extra points, I probably You couldn't. No, I you can. Couldn't. No, you Yeah, I could. The Dude, crazy I played thing is, for is seven years. I'm a great kicker. During the second one, I was like, oh, it looks like it's like really curving after he's kicking it. Like there must be some wind. And then you just look at the replay and the flags are just straight down. It's yeah. like, what is this dude doing? Like he's putting some extra spin on the ball. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, my, my, my favorite tweet of the night was like, they were like, if you go back and watch, he's actually getting closer as the night goes on. His yeah. first one was way right. And then he started working in and finally. The last one he hit the top of the freaking post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally beat the fifth one sneaked in. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on. So to the, the Bengals, uh, Ravens game, uh, again, the, the Ravens did what they had to do. They kept the ball out of Joe Burrow's mm-hmm. hands. We saw as soon as the, the Bengals got the ball, they were moving quickly. They were able to score, uh, it, but they just ran the clock. They, they didn't ask Huntley to do too many things. Um, but yeah, to, to what Slade was talking about with JK Dobbins, I absolutely agree with him. Uh, why are you not giving him the ball in the one yard line? Uh, yeah. we, we saw him muscle his way in for their first touchdown of the game. Uh, and he was there, he was hungry. He was eating the, the entire game. He was getting yardage. And then all of a sudden you get to the one yard line, I believe it was first and goal too. And you said, no, we're going to keep you sneak it. And, and Huntley makes a really dumb decision to try and jump over the top, with the ball sticking out. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree with JK Dobbins there. Uh, he has every right to be upset. Uh, they should have ran like a wildcat. Yeah, Freaking quarterback out to the left, Mark Andrews I, getting ready to push Dobbins. Like I don't know. I, what I, I said with. this back when you know we we saw these college football teams doing either a really stupid two point play or getting to the inch line and not you know making a, a, a proper play call. We saw TCU run out of shotgun for some reason. We saw Texas A and M run probably the dumbest play uh, for uh, 
was it a two point conversion or were they? I think they were maybe I think was, even trying to score. But regardless, um, line up in I formation and just if when your running back is that good, just hand the damn ball off to him. Yeah. Um, or put, or line does. him up at fullback. Yeah. Or line him up at fullback and like you said, put Andrews behind him and Andrews can push him into the end zone. Um, there, there's so many different ways to attack it. Your quarterback trying to jump over pile is is not one of them. Um, so yeah, I understand his frustration. I think it's 100% warranted. Uh, as far as the Lamar situation, yeah, I agree 100%. He should not have been playing. Uh, knee, knee problems are not something to mess with, whether you're in a contract season or not. Uh, again, our RG3, no matter how much I hate him, he, he is absolutely the perfect example of, of why you don't try to rush those things. Um, my only thing is I would have liked to have seen him travel with the team, still be on the sideline and be there with them. Um, but, you know, I understand his kind of viewpoint of it. But, hey, again, that's just my thoughts. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think he's either already made up his mind if he's leaving or coming back uh, and, and still wanted free agency this year. Uh, like you said, maybe he gets franchise tagged. We'll have to see. Um, but looking ahead to the Bengals-Bills game, uh, as far as the Bills go, I think they walked into that game. They got up 17 nothing and went, eh, yeah, this is easy. And they, they you could see a clear relaxation, taking their foot off the pedal, whatever you want to call it. And that let the, the Dolphins get right back into it. Um, as, as far I think they'll be fine. I think they kind of got that wake-up call in the second half. Um, again, we saw them stretch that lead out, though, and then, again, they started coasting. Miami winds up right back in it. Um, this is going to be a very good game because the, the Bengals have definitely shown struggles here the last few weeks, especially this past week. Um, but so have the Bills. I don't think this is going to be a super high-scoring affair like everybody thinks it will be. I think it's going to be a struggle, um, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to the game. Uh, and then for the Giants, Vikings, Giants just ran the ball better. Uh, we, we saw the Vikings. I believe they only have 61 yards of rushing. Uh, when you have Dalvin Cook, that's not something that, you know, you want to – that's not a stat you want to have. Um, Kirk Cousins, again, is getting a bad rap for this game. It's not on him. He had a really good day, 31 to 39, 273 yards. Uh, just the, their defense could not slow down the rushing attack. Uh, they wind up with 142 yards the Giants do on the ground. Uh, they took up a lot of time on the clock. They kept the ball out of Cousins' hands, uh, and they definitely slowed down Justin Jefferson. Uh, I feel bad for the one guy that almost won a million dollars if Justin Jefferson would have scored one yard, would have scored the first touchdown. Um, let's go almost ahead. Almost as bad as you missing your over by an extra yeah. point when he yeah. missed four. four we extra, feel we yeah. feel worse for you than that million dollar guy. Yeah. I would have been happier. My, like my win would have made me so happy because I saw this one guy put like. $450,000 on the under to hit. I was like, now I want me, me winning yeah. $25 and you losing $450,000 would make me ecstatic. I yeah, lost $2. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I lose $2. It, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's okay. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's look at the divisional weekend. We have Jacksonville and Kansas city uh, Saturday afternoon. We have the giants and Eagles uh, Saturday night. And then you look to Sunday, Cincinnati, Buffalo in the afternoon and Dallas and San Fran at night. Uh, Slade, your picks for the games. First off, unpopular opinion. I think this should, there should be a one o'clock game and a four thirty game on each day. I don't think there's necessary. I don't think it's necessary to have an eight fifteen and a six thirty p.m. game. Uh, you have the whole day time slotted out. Uh, if I start watching at eight o'clock in the morning, I really can only hear so much about that team. Like there's not thirteen games that day. So I mean, I, mm-hmm. I that's just my opinion. But um, for the first game. I have the Chiefs winning this one. I mean, they're eight and a half point favorites. I think that it's in Arrowhead Stadium. Um, whether it's legal or not, they might have to pump some noise in there just to get the Jaguars uh, uh, away from what they're used to. Uh, but yeah, I think the Chiefs easily win that one. I think the Eagles Giants game is the closest game for me. I think. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites, but the Giants turned it on last week. I mean, that would they might be clicking at the perfect time. And I saw a stat that said that the Eagles are all or nothing teams. They've never just won one or two games in the playoffs. Like in the last like ten years, they either lose the first game and are out, or they win every game and win the Super Bowl. So um, I think this is gonna be a tougher game than what than what the Eagles are look like on paper. Um I think the Bengals are going to get the win over the Bills. I think the Bengals got the the shit under the stick uh, with with the injury to Demar. Um, obviously, they did the right thing. Um, 
they elected to to not play the game at all. But the whole coin flip thing really could have screwed them. And I mean, it's we still could see that if uh, with the if whoever gets to play the Chiefs or whatever, you know. But um, I think that the Bengals are going to come out real hungry. Um, I think that, like you said, it, it's definitely could be a, a low scoring game. I think that I don't know, maybe like twenty points in the first half, and then I think they're just going to try and run the ball and see who can make the least amount of mistakes in the second half. Um, and then the 49ers Cowboys. I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of all the games. I think the 49ers are going to just run the ball all over the Cowboys. I think that they're going to show everyone else what it takes to stop Micah Parsons. And if that's just putting Christian McCaffrey on Micah Parsons every every down, then that's what they have to do. I mean, uh, that that's my picks for this upcoming weekend. Uh, Nick, yours? Yeah, so uh, first up, I, I, like Slate said, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, not to discredit the Jaguars, I think the Jaguars are going to give them a hell of a run this weekend. Um, uh, not saying it's going to be a close game, but it, when you're watching the game, it might seem close to them what the score actually is. Um, this is a very good Jaguars team, very young, very talented. Um, I think they have a bright future ahead of them, but I don't think that that bright future is right now. I think the Chiefs handle this. Um, Philly, New York, uh, uh, third time facing this year. Uh, divisional rivalry. I think it's going to be a great game, like Slade said. I think, like the Jaguars, I think um, New York is going to give Philly a run for their money. Um, we've seen Philly, you know, they had, what, three, four weeks to clinch the one seed, and it took until week 18 to actually do it. Um, I, I've i talked about it before. Uh, Philly always has a collapse in their year. Yeah, you could argue that that happened um, in the game against Washington, but usually Philly's collapse is like a season-ending thing. Well, if that's going to happen, it's going to be now. Um, you know, the Giants know what they're looking for. They've seen them twice. The Giants need to rely on that run game. That's been the one thing when Philly has lost that they've struggled against is the run game. Use that run game. Get the, to your play action. Let Daniel Jones get out of the pocket um, and, and make some plays. I know his receiving core isn't that great, but, you know, we've seen what he can do with what little he has. Um, I, I, contrary to Slade, I think that the Bills end up winning. This is going to be a great game, whether it's high sco- scoring, low scoring, whatever it is. Um, these are two teams that are familiar with each other and, you know, two great young quarterbacks that are going to be looking to prove that they're better than the other. Um, it could come down to a last second field goal, but uh, just because I want to see the Bills win and I have them in the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with the Bills here. And then last but not least, 49ers versus the Cowboys. I already said I think the Cowboys are going home um, for the sake of not jinxing it. So we have a repeat. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's going to be a closer game than what Slade thinks. Uh, but how, I, I mean, to me, like, you know, I, I've never been a football coach. I'll be the first person to admit that. But if I have somebody like Micah Parsons lining up against me and then I have Christian McCaffrey lining up beside me, I'm just lining up Christian McCaffrey to whatever side Parsons is on. And when he rushes, I have a dump out there and uh, I'll take Christian McCaffrey one on one with a linebacker all day long. Um, but again, I'm not a coach, so it, it is what it is. But I, I do have 40, the 49ers 49 game. Um, I'll start with that game. I think it's going to be, I 100% believe and disagree with Slate. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It has a possibility to, absolutely, but I think it's definitely going to be a good back-and-forth game. We saw these guys play the playoffs last year, um, and I think the 49ers just, they have enough holes that the Cowboys can exploit to keep it close. Um, easy over there. Um, but yeah, I, I think and, I mean, we saw how good Dallas can be when they're clicking on offense and defense like they did on Monday night. Um, so I, I think it could be a very good game. It might end up being the best game of the week. Um, it, you look at the Buffalo-Cincinnati um, game, it's calling for snow. It's not supposed to be super cold. Not saying, obviously, Cincinnati deals with elements as well. Uh, but when you're trying to play in the snow, it, it's going to hinder your offense no matter how used to it you are. Um, so I, I can definitely see that being a low scoring affair. Like I said earlier, um, very excited to see this get played out. Uh, I know De- DeMar Hamlin was not in the stadium this past week. I think he 100% is there to kind of give that team and that, that fan base an extra little boost going to that game. Um, I think Jack's, or excuse me, I think, uh, Buffalo cleans up a lot of their mistakes from last week. They're obviously not going to take this opponent very lightly. Uh, so I'm going to take Buffalo in that game. Uh, you look at Jacksonville and Kansas city. They actually played. Uh, November 13th, Jacksonville won by 10 points. But since that game, uh, Jacksonville is 7-1. and one. Uh, Their one loss coming to Detroit, 40-14. to 14. 
so this is a Jacksonville team that has definitely hit their stride uh, aside from the first half this past week. I still think Kansas City is just going to be a little bit too much. I see this being a, a touchdown game. Um, I, I don't think Kansas City is going to blow them out of the water or anything like that. Uh, I think they just have enough playoff experience around them. Uh, Mahomes threw for four touchdowns when they played the first time. I don't think there's enough Jacksonville can do to kind of change that outcome. They might, he might only throw for three, uh, but I think Kansas City's defense, even though it's not the strongest that we've seen in years past, um, I, I think they're they're going to do enough to slow down um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, obviously we we saw uh, the Chargers had something figured out in the first half. Uh, so I think that the Chiefs can kind of piggyback off of that and slow him down throughout the whole game. Um, and then as far as the Giants and Eagles go, I'll just say this. I think the Eagles win this only because they're playing at home. It's going to be 8 o'clock at night. Uh, I don't want to be playing in Philly 8 o'clock at night in the playoffs. Um, but they need to get the players on a helicopter out of there. Yeah. If, yeah. Um, if, if New York wins, they need to own a helicopter yeah. out of there. Well, if they lose, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either way. Listen, don't trust uh, when Eli Manning was in his fourth year, he got the Giants into the playoffs in the wild card and they won the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones is in his fourth year. He got the Giants into the playoffs. They upset a really good team in the first round. And Eli's going back yeah. to Philly. I'm not he I'm said, not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying there is Eli's I mean just like too. we yeah, just like we we said with the Bucks last week. I mean they had never lost to Dallas in the playoffs. Brady had never lost to Dallas. I believe he was five and zero heading into that game. In all fairness, Daniel yeah. Jones and Eli Manning both have a similar level of look like they're on the spectrum. So I can yeah. see it. I can see it. Just say that. I mean, there, there's history there. I saw somebody post about that at the beginning of the year, like you know, hey, everybody's hating Daniel Jones, but Eli Eli won a Super Bowl in his fourth year, and I was like, there's no way. And then they made the playoffs and they won this past week. I was like, I'm not saying it's happening, but it is. It's a little weird to see. And the thing that I told you about the Giants and that. They're all or nothing in the playoffs. I thought you were talking about the Eagles, but okay. No, that was the Giants. The Giants have won every game in the playoffs, or they've lost the first one and been out. I just kind of turned you off and just looked at my phone when you were talking, so <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to our last topic. Uh, Nick, I'll let you present this. Uh, took you five different tries to pick your topic. It did. I did. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about this week other than the NFL playoffs. Um, Luckily, Kevin Harvick is retiring after the season, so we had something else to talk about. Uh, But here we are. So I I want to know, when you watch um, a a championship series, a a playoff and a championship of any sport, which sport do you think, when that champion raises their trophy over their head, which sport do you think that champion is best represented as the best team in that league? So you know, you go first. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I I don't want to go first. I have no clue how to answer this question. I was confused with the first one, and I'm still a little confused. Okay. Nick, I, I'm, Nick, Nick, I'm ranking mine. Yeah, you, yeah. You go first. Okay. Okay. See, I wanted to do a ranking, but I didn't feel like dealing with all that because I couldn't decide. So I'll I'll go first here. So I went with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I I think that for the same reasons you could argue the MLB and the NBA. Um, but I I didn't pick those because I like hockey. Uh, the, the seven game series through all phases of the bracket. So you think about MLB, is it just the wild card that they do the three game series or four game? Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. I don't watch baseball. Um, so yeah, I, the seven game series throughout every single phase of the playoffs, uh, the better team is going to have to win four games out of seven to advance. It's not just, you know, you think about the NFL, you might get lucky on a fluke and make it to the next round, maybe two flukes in a row, make it to, you know, whatever. Uh, but every single phase of the playoffs in hockey, you've got to win four out of seven games, um, which, in my opinion, is the best way to prove that you're a better, the better team. Um, and obviously, like every other sport, there's seeding based on the regular season performance, um, which decides you know who gets home ice advantages throughout the playoffs. And you have to play anywhere from 16 to 28 games. I did the math, so that could be wrong. Um, within the span of uh, what, what do you what would you say, month and a half, two months? That Stanley Cup playoffs. Month and a half, yeah. Month and a half, yeah. Um, and that absolutely demands the best from every player, especially in a sport that already requires 82 games to be played. And in my opinion, the, hockey is arguably the most um, physically demanding sport in the world. Again, 82 games, not just being physical, running into each other like football, but at, skating up and down the ice at full speed. Um, 
it, it takes a lot. And even the goalies we've talked about, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but even the goalies, um, it looks a hot, lot harder or it looks less hard and less physically demanding than what it actually is to be an NHL goalie. Um, but again, the Stanley Cup playoffs not only prove who the better team talent-wise is, but also the better conditioned team, the better disciplined team, and the better mental team. Because again, it's very hard, very strenuous to go through that 16 to 28 games um, in order to raise up the trophy. Yeah, uh, I, I ranked mine in, in the top five. Uh, so fifth, I put the MLB. Um, uh, again, they're, they're wild card play in series. I hate, uh, and you need to you, you need to get lucky the entire time with, with injuries. I feel like injuries affect the MLB playoffs way more, uh, and now you have cheating and stuff as well. Um, number four, I put the PGA. Uh, only for the simple fact that I hate how they do the tour championship. I talked to you guys about this the other day. Going in and having the leader at, at minus 10 to start, and, you know, he just needs to not fall apart the entire weekend. I, I don't think is a fair way to do the playoffs. Um, I think there's better ways to do it. We'll do that in another episode. Number three, I put the NFL. Again, you can have, you know, you need to play hard the entire the entire game. Um, pause. But, um, you know, there's still fluke ways, fluke injuries, uh, and, and so on that, that that can happen. And then you see these teams that really aren't deserving. Honestly, if you look back at – I just mentioned Eli Manning winning the 2007-2008 the season. They should not have been the Super Bowl champions. They were not the best team the Patriots were. Um, but, you know, they, they just didn't play a complete game. And, and the Giants wind up as your Super Bowl champions. Number two, I actually put the NHL. Uh, just because you can have a team go in there, I'm not saying that, that the wild card team that sneaks in uh, is going to win, but you you have teams that are third, and second or third in their division, not not even the conference, second, third in their division, winding up in the in the the, the playoffs just because they get hot at the right times. Uh, again, I think they have the best playoffs overall. I'm not I'm not saying that. Um, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, and I've I've said it before. They have the best playoffs. I put the NBA first though because nine times out of ten, the best team. All season goes on to win the championship. We know what teams are playing in, in, in the NBA Finals by January, just about every year. This year is a little bit different. I feel like it, we talked about this again yesterday. I think it's the most wide open you know season we've had in years in the NBA. Uh, but I mean, you, you look past years. We knew it was going to be Cavs Warriors for five years straight, and you know it, it was going to come down to that series. Um, and so, I, I think that's the only reason I put the NBA ahead is just because again this year is different, but. You know, we knew who was going to be playing who, you know, come come June. That's fair. That's fair. Clay, do you want to take a shot at it? or? Yeah, I mean, I'll put it in terms of, like, what I pay attention to and what I watch. I think that uh, if if I'm only going to put, the, like, uh, my time towards something, if I absolutely, like, want to watch it or if it's got, like, that thrill factor, I think first and foremost, I, I'd say just like George, the NBA is a sport that I will not watch the entire season at all. But when it comes to the playoffs, it's it's amazing to watch because um, not only is it you get multiple series in within um, the teams playing each other. So like I mean I've the it's probably the only sport that I do bandwagon for in, in that I started watching the playoffs with the Golden State Warriors when they were winning, and so it's just nice to see now that everyone's just putting together these major teams of of just star-studded athletes and just going at it. I mean there's like four or five teams now that. Uh, have just about 90% of the talent within the NBA on their teams, it seems like. Um, the Celtics being the only one now that has completely built it from the draft, you know. Uh, but uh, second, I will go with the NFL. Um, I think that we're in that time right now. You get to see a new team kind of emerge each season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I would have never picked the Jaguars to be in the playoffs. And here we are saying that um, if they have a perfect game and – their defense can somehow get some interceptions against Patrick Mahomes. They could have a close game. I'm not saying they could win, but I would have never said at the beginning of the season that they would have even been within 10 points of the Chiefs, like their 10-point loss earlier in the season. But, um, And then third, I guess I would say hockey because I got to watch it last year. I was real, real uh, impressed with the Dallas Stars. I don't even know how to say his last name, but the goalie. Um, and he, he did, he, What's his name? Odinger? Yeah. I but, think uh, for a second I was like I was like oh yeah that's <laughs> but yeah so I mean I I watched every game that Dallas Stars played last season and it was mainly because this dude was just ripping off saves left and right that it was just ridiculous um but yeah and he I, picks I, the Blues to be his favorite team yeah 
Well, I mean, I had to, I had to go with something realistic. I mean, I'm not going to Dallas anytime soon. So, <laughs> I think I'd go. You to act Dallas like St. Louis to... is that much. I know. I was gonna say, I think I'd, I'd, I'd go to Dallas. <laughs> the wrestling championships are in St. Louis, like every three or four uh, years. So I have a uh, better chance of going there. So sorry. That's yeah. <laughs> All Damn, right. you are on my back today, George. George is pause, but no, don't pause. He said it right. He said it right. <laughs> Coming on his back. No, I'm right, not uh, coming. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Uh, that'll do it for th- this week's episode. We thank you guys for checking us out. As always, don't forget to head over to W.GG and use code JackWagon for 10% off your order. Uh, that would really help us out. We would greatly appreciate it. We love Dubby. Slate, like, you give the whole Dubby pitch because every time we go off the air, you talk about it, and we're like, why yeah. don't you talk about it? So Slate had this great last week. Yeah, so go ahead. No, give no, us a Dubby. No. I don't care. I, I, I can't give Shut it. Up. I can tell Do you what I wanted pitch. to say. My car got robbed the other day, and I wanted to say that the only thing that was stolen out of it was my dubby gear because it's that good. People are stealing the shit from you. But that didn't actually happen, so I couldn't say it. <laughs> You're pathetic. All right. That, that's I got a shirt to wear next week. Yeah, that, there we go. That's, that's our episode for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, and yeah. Damn it, Slate. See you guys. Thank you.